Andre de Reiter's um, gone quiet since the interview with Annika Larsson. Uh, there's been plenty of vocalization in response to Andre de Reiter and what he said in that interview. There have been charges laid and uh, there's talk about summoning him to Parliament. Now that he is um, a citizen, I'm not sure that Parliament can summon him, summon him, suborn him to come along, summon him. I think they can only ask him. I don't know whether he's in the country. I don't know what he is doing. And there continues to be a debate, and I'm not sure how informed the debate is, as to whether he was an excellent, good, average, indifferent, bad or terrible CEO in his nearly three years in the job. Carol Payton of News24 has tried to establish a report card for him, to assess a rating for him. Carol, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. As 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 outsiders, um, a rather more terrier-like outsider um, like yourself rather than <laughs> somebody who's stuck in a studio like me, but, I mean, if you're on the outside, even if you are on the outside with some entry points into the inside, if that makes sense, how, how difficult is it, how easy is it to access the information that allows you to make a judgment that you can be reasonably confident about with respect to his performance in the job? You know, John, what worried me about this whole issue is that it was so politically polarized and it doesn't make sense as to why, you know, one political party would say, well, he was a hero and another would say, well, he was incompetent. So that's the kind of, you know, polarization we had. So I wanted to say, well, look, let's just put put aside these beliefs and just you know, these, these convictions and just look at what do the numbers actually say? What does the actual experience say? So that was the idea. And, um, of course, I can't do it perfectly and I could, don't have all the insight that I would need. Um, but I've tried to look at some of the indicators. So, you know, the extent to which maintenance was done or increased, the extent to which the coal plant was focused on, the extent to which, um, the, the plants were, were driven. I mean, were they driven too hard? So I tried to look at all of those things. Did he reform procurement? Did he manage to improve ESCOM's skills profile? And so I tried to look at all of those things and then and then and just debate them and, and, and allow the reader sort of some give the reader some tools to kind of, you know, make up their mind. As you divided it into 11 categories, some of which you've mentioned in your recent answer, the sharp decline in the energy availability factor, Dorator's maintenance plan, why was maintenance not ramped up, were the plants run too hard, quality of maintenance, poor, skills problem, procurement, financial performance, cleaning up corruption, leadership and vision, and then conclusion. And, you know, the conclusion is what? Well, the conclusion is that he didn't manage to to, to, to fix ESCOM. In fact, he didn't manage to break the bad patterns that put ESCOM in this situation. So ESCOM was put in this situation by, um, by um, running the plant too hard and by not doing enough maintenance, not taking off enough plants to do, to do the maintenance. So he didn't manage to break those two crucial patterns. And, and I think that's, that's the big problem. And this is why, you know, we often heard him say um, we, we can't fix ESCOM until we have more capacity in the system. And what he was trying to say is that, you know, I can't take off more, more plants for, for, for maintenance. Because if I do, um, well, in any case, ESCOM doesn't have the capacity to actually do more maintenance and um, the system doesn't have the capacity for us to take plants off. So he was in a kind of, 
you know, uh, hopeless situation in a way, which he, which he didn't manage to break out of. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's very difficult to to assess, you know, to to set up some kind of counterfactual. If person X had taken the job instead of Andre Dorator, would person X have done any better? Given the historic difficulties and the contemporary realities with which Andre Dorator and his management team had to wrestle, did they do as good a job as was humanly? as rationally possible under the circumstances, did they actually do better than uh, person X might have done or did they do worse? And and then it gets a little even more complicated when you try to assess his performance. Exactly. And that is going to be the question um, that that we're going to face, that government is going to face, that we're all going to face, because now um, the argument from government side is that, well, we're bringing in someone um, we're going to bring in someone who is more competent and someone who can do better. But if that person is faced with exactly those same constraints, which I have no doubt they will be, um, are they going to succeed? Is anyone going to be able to succeed? Could anyone have done this job? Um, I think, you know, what would have been required, it would have had to, he would have had to, the person would have had to, you know, he would have had to do a lot more maintenance, which would have meant more load shedding. But also, as I said, ESCOM didn't have the, the staff, the capacity. And he was blocked from, from, from um, dealing with the skills problem. He was consistently blocked until about July last year when, when Praveen Gordon and the ANC finally conceded that, that, that ESCOM had a skills problem and, and needed to do something about it. And even then, um, they haven't given significant support to, to addressing the skills issue. What is it? Uh, you said 18 people from Solidarity's list have been employed and there are plenty more that, that, could, that could be employed. So, I, mean, you, I inevitably go from consideration of underdurator's performance to whoever's going to be the next person, whether that person is going to be able to do the job better because of the presence in the firmament of the, of the electricity minister. And that's also not an easy question to answer because, um, you know, we, we haven't really seen the electricity minister in action yet. And Mpoko Makwana, the, the chairman of the board, said last week that it might take several months to get a CEO in place. Well, I think there's no doubt that it's going to take several months. Um, but, you know, for the, as for the electricity minister, I mean, it, 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 is, it is a kind of typical situation where, where government says, well, I've got, I've got all these people doing this job, but they're not doing it for me. You know, I've got Praveen Gordon, I've got, I've got Greta Mantashe, I've got two whole departments dedicated to this, but no, I'm going to, uh, I can't solve this problem. I'll just give, you know, create another job, create another position. And so that's what's happened. And I don't really see what the electricity ministry is going to do other than just sit on the neck of those ESCOM executives and ask them daily for reports. And I think that if that happens, if that is actually the role that he, he plays, um, those ESCOM executives are going to spend so much time in meetings with government that they're not actually going to be able to do their jobs. So I, I don't think that, to me, the electricity minister doesn't look like a silver bullet. Carol Payton, thank you very, very much indeed. If you'd like to read the article, it's on News24.